everyone and welcome to Flock Talk, episode number 41. This month we're talking about video games all day. It's our Flock COVID extravaganza internationale. Internationale. And it should be a good time. Ooh, shalalala, shalabalagoo. Ooh, shalalala, shalabalagoo. Ooh, shalalala, well, listen to this jingle, it'll tell you what to do. There's a video game podcast that's perfect for you. Oh, shalalala, shalabalagoo. It's called Flop Talk, it's a podcast just like this, but it's hosted by Miles and Catherine and Chris. Oh, shalalala, shalabalagoo. Oh my god, we've had so much time on our hands. So we've been playing so many games, we ain't got time for odd topics. We ain't got time for odds and ends. All we got time for is to talk about these games, and I want to kick it off with Straits of Rage 4. This time, it is 22 years since the devastating events of Streets of Rage 3, which I never played. <laughs> Streets of Rage 4 starts, and you play as the kids of some of the people in Streets of Rage 3, maybe even 1. All the cards on the table, this is kind of my first Streets of Rage. Like, I played it for a bit, the other ones, but this is my first one. Didn't really know anybody. I think Streets of Rage 4. <laughs> oh, I, sorry. You didn't know anyone Any of the in characters the game. That, I thought you just meant... Well, it's based on a true story. I thought so, you just meant you didn't know anyone who played the game, and so you were just sad and lonely. I was a Super Nintendo kid. It's a Sega Genesis exclusive. What's making the streets rage? What is it? What's the issue? Crime. Drugs? Drugs? The drugs? Whatever it is, <laughs> it doesn't pay. Stay off the streets, kids. Say no to drugs. I think this game is one of the best beat-em-ups of all time. I would say it's my second favorite beat-em-up after X-Men. Wait, wait. What about River City Ransom? River City Ransom is like an experience. It's oh like a way God. of life. I don't you really don't consider it a beat-em-up game. You don't consider it? Because, I don't know, I watched you play The Streets of Rage 4, and I was like, oh, it's just River City Ransom. Wait, Catherine. Yeah, you beat people up, take their money. Did you not play Streets yeah. of Rage 4 with Miles? It's a co-op game. I know. I just watched. I actually probably slept through a lot of it. And then I got her to play for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And then she, I don't think it. No, uh, I'll play it. I will play it. I liked it. The I whole liked... game's only like three hours long. Ugh, Ugh. I don't know then. It's too short. That's too short of a game for me. Oh, Let's you can go. run it Get multiple times. You can run it multiple times. <laughs> three hours is three hours, or like two and a half hours too long for Chris. That's true. I like my games <laughs> 10 minutes long. I don't know. I feel like Some I of the things play it. I think that made Streets of Rage 4 so special were little tiny things that happen in almost every beat-em-up I play that I hate and Streets of Rage fixed. I'll throw one your way as an example. Do you know when you have a weapon in a beat-em-up? Yeah. Yeah. And you go to the next screen? Yeah. Where'd yeah. your weapon go? On the it's floor. It, it leaves. You take your weapons wherever Ooh. you want. That's a game changer. Is Not it? only that. That's big time. You know when you have a weapon, someone hits you, it falls into your hand. What happens to the weapon on the floor sometimes? It goes away. It flashes, right? Yeah, it does that it flash goes away. It flashes away. None of the weapons ever flash away. Oh. They do break and die. They only break after oh. a certain number of times of them being used. They don't die. The weapons just don't vanish for no reason. Like most mm. beat-em-ups. This game, I don't think, was ever considered for a cabinet. So I think a lot of the things that they can do with this game, since it's console only, is like they're a lot more generous with the lives. Oh. So 
after you finish like a stage, you replenish all your lives. Oh, okay. And what difficulty level did you play? I played normal. On normal. For about 10 minutes. I was playing most of it on easy. That's fine. <laughs> but the easy just changes your stock lives. So I had six. On normal, yeah. you have two. But that seems fine. What do you have on hard? On hard, you one have life no... and then you're out. Yeah, no lives. No lives. I don't know. I don't know. I Just don't the know. one you have to bring in. You press start, the streets rage at you. Game over. That's hard. Yeah, it's not fun. And the game is built so that you can run through it multiple times because throughout the game, you unlock different characters and you can't really switch characters between stages. So you unlock these characters to play through again, including, bit of a spoiler, the 16-bit versions of all the original characters that you can then put in the game with the modern graphics, which is something I always love. When they, when but they the, the rest of the game in... is still in the like, regular graphics? Yeah, remember, graphics? it's like in Spider-Man. Oh, remember they did yeah, the comic yeah, yeah, book yeah. Spider-Man was one of the costumes? Yeah, I kind of remember that. So I like that when they switch up the styles. I highly recommend it. It came out on Game Pass day one, which was crazy. It's not even an Xbox exclusive, but I pl- we played through it. I played through it. Loved it. Here's the thing. You said it right away. Like, oh, this is the best beat em up. And then I was like, is, is, what's the garbage burger one that I like? The Final Fantasy. Fi- uh, Final, Final Fight. Fight. I was like, how, how different is it from Final Fight? Because... The people even look the same. You're playing with like a big dude who is the same build as the mayor of Final Fight. You know in beat-em-ups when you have a special power? Yeah. What yeah. happens when you use the special power, Chris, in a beat-em-up? You stumped him. Usually what happens is when you use your special power, you lose health. You oh, lose a little bit of health. That's what happens. In a beat-em-up. And in this game, you lose a little bit of health, but... If you hit somebody before they hit you, you regain all the health from the special again. I was going to ask you if it's a good game. It sounds like there's a lot of like... I, it's a phenomenal game. The artwork is so beautiful. The stage is amazing. The background is so good. And the things that you can pick up, it all fits so well. Do you know in a lot of beat-em-ups, you can tell which thing to pick up? In this game, everything kind of looks like it works in the scene. So things that you don't think you could pick up, you can actually pick up mm. and use as weapons. There's a stage that I really loved where you fight in an art gallery with different paintings behind you. And each painting is so graphically different than each other painting that it creates a really interesting backdrop for what would normally be a pretty much, you know, paint by numbers video game in terms of like a mm. beat em up, right? Like it has a formula that is kind of tired, actually. But I think Final, uh, sorry, Streets of Rage 4 <laughs> really brings a lot more to the table and it's definitely worth your time. I, I would say it's worth whatever price they're charging for that. And also the garbage cans have chicken in them. So you know it's good. Because any good beat-em-up has chicken in the garbage cans. Yeah, all the delicious food in the in the trash. And apples. They're just throwing Perfectly it out. good apples That's... and a full roasted chicken on a plate. That's why the streets are raging. Food waste. Disgraceful. Chris, have the streets been raging by you lately? They have not been raging. There's no one on them. There's no one on the streets anymore, but I've been inside <laughs> playing video games. I'm playing all the video games, but this game in particular has really got me going this this last year and this this last <laughs> eon. Year. This last eon. It's called Pillars of Eternity 2 Definitive Edition Internazionale. <laughs> oh. It's not a definitive edition at all. It's just the P- Pillars of Eternity 2. Um 
This game is the sequel to Pillars of Eternity 1, which I did not finish, but, you know, got reasonably through enough that I say that like, that's enough. You, you play enough and then you go, uh, I'm bored of this game, so I think the rest of the game is going to be like exactly what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to stop playing it. So here's the thing. These games get me going for about 20 hours and then I'm like, Siphony. This game had me going for about 20 hours and then I was like, Siphony. But... On the way up to that 20th hour, I had way more fun than I have with the other games that are like this. Like uh, Numenera, Paths, Tides of Numenera, or Pillars of Eternity 1, or the other games like this, the Baldur's Gate games. Because this game has turn-based combat rather than that kind of real-time combat that you pause and then do a thing and then turn it back on to see what happens. Like, I hate it. It's too frantic. It's too much to, like control all at once you've got like five people at the party you who cares what the druid is doing if the druid is not taking whatever who cares this turn-based thing everyone becomes important you get to focus on every single person's spells and and abilities uh, and let me explain the game I'm, I'm i'm just jumping right ahead it's a role-playing game like a dungeon crawler role-playing game but you're on an archipelago an archipelago an archipelago archipelago An archipelago there's a few islands in this archipelago i don't know if that's a feature of archipelagos but there's a few islands and you have a boat and you go to each island and there's stuff on the islands and there's quests and there's a whole politics rpg part there's a whole like politics there's a whole backstory but who gives a shit? because turn-based combat turn-based that's combat all i need <laughs> is amazing in a regular rpg it's very good the story is, uh, it's okay. The battles are interesting. Is it funny? Yeah. I mean, it can't be. All of these things with the multiple selections and the bit of reading, it's all very funny. This one really does away with a lot of the writing. It really gets to the point more than some of the other games have. It's got a lot of quality of life improvements over these other RPGs very good rpg it is still something i want to go back to like some of these things i'm like done and i've like never go back but this is one that i would go back to this is one that you would say you'll go back to yeah oh yeah and actually consider it i would but never actually go back to never again i we've we've moved on you would consider it if you were the type of person to go back and play games yes if i cared at all about a backlog of thing which i don't I never will. In my whole life, I'll never care about that. In Pillars of Eternity 2, yes. uh, I always thought it was a game that was like a civilization where you control like a group of people as a leader. I didn't think it was like a party-based combat. Also, I don't think Miles has played Civilization. You've never played Civilization, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but I know what it's like. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, I know sure. what Civilization... I've been a part of it for a long time. <laughs> Pillars of Eternity 1 is just like an update on the Baldur's Gate stuff. The games like Baldur's Gate, <laughs> Pillars of Eternity is like. Pillars of Eternity 2 is the sequel to that. So there's no real difference. It's a dungeon crawler. Things shoot, shoot poison at you in the middle of it. And you're like, oh, I never had to worry about this poison part before. Now I got to carry all these poison herbs. You know, it, it's a regular RPG. At some point, the fire mage is no longer as useful as they used to be. And you got to respect a frost mage. You only really ever continue with the first five characters that you find. Because those are the ones that you cared about while you were reading. Those are the ones you had patience to read their story. Yeah. And you never deviate from those five. 
You never switch. Screw that. Uh, I never change characters past I the- never change. Yeah. I'm just so I set everyone to auto. I only control my one person, my main person. And then when I meet new people, I'm like, cool, but I'm not going to replace my old rogue with his new rogue. What's the point? They have to do two things in RPGs to get you to switch to new characters. Yeah. One, level all characters at the same time, no matter who's in the party. Absolutely, yes. And two, each character that you find, each new character, has to show up in a more surprising way than the last. Yeah. So they have to make a greater entrance the deeper the game is. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, they show up and you're like, no new friends. No, I'm uninterested in new friends. I have my friends. The only time I might do it is if I get really annoyed by someone in my party. Like there's just one jerk in the party and I'm just like, I don't want, I don't want this guy in here anymore. Or, or woman, it could be an annoying lady. So sometimes I'll meet someone and be like, you know what, like you're the lesser of two evils. I don't really care. I just will put someone else in so I don't have to talk to the other person anymore. That doesn't happen that often. And usually the first five or the first four people they give you fill all the roles you need for the game. Yeah. So this new guy shows up and he's like, I'm a rogue. And you're like, I don't need a rogue. I have a rogue. Or I am a rogue. I am a rogue because I know how these games go because you can never like get the stealth guy to do the thing you need. So you just play the stealth guy. Who do you guys usually play? Quick. Quick answers. Who do you play in an RPG? I'm always like right up in the face sword person. You're always a warrior. You're always like a sword and board tank. Sword and shield always. Yeah. I will say the reason why is because I'm bad at these games. And so like I usually lose track of who if I'm not just up and hitting someone in the face, I lose track of who I am. So I just have to be the person just runs up to someone and hits them until they're dead. And then I can just run up to another person, hit them until they're dead. Yep. Everyone else requires like strategy and you have to put like place yourself in the right spot. Like if you're a rogue, you have to sneak around behind and stuff. I don't have time for that. I just run up to someone and hit him in the face. That's what I do. Because it's easier. Just like in real life. Yeah. I just run up to people and punch That's them. how I resolve all my <laughs> office disputes. What do you play, Miles? I will usually pick the weirdest looking character I could start with. And if everyone looks pretty normal, I'll pick <laughs> the dwarf. But what class? Oh, what class in these video games? <laughs> I always switch it up. I try to remember what I played last time and play something. Yeah, you never play the same thing. But if there's something in the game that doesn't make sense, like if you're playing a fantasy game and it's like warrior, mage, uh, rogue, wizard, and then grifter, I'd be like, what's grifter? I'll play play that guy. Like if there's a weird class. Or a bard. Or bard. Yeah, of course. If there's any game with a bard, I'm going to play bard. I am always playing a mage. Always. Mage is it. Mage is usually the most complicated, fun class to play. Uh, Everything else is uh, a little bit boring. So, but the thing with a mage is that they're squishy. And so, and that's the other reason why I play the tank is because... I just if have you're a lot. Soloing. Yeah, you, I just you last longer. You die too quickly when you're just wearing robes. All right, Catherine, what's a game you've been playing during the COVID times? Well, it's funny that we mention bards because I don't play a ton of games. Here's the problem with these times that we live in. Yes, I don't keep regular sleeping hours now. Oh, and so I'm often up in the middle of the night. Oh dear. And so Miles is sleeping, and then. I was kind of bored and I found a game on Game Pass called 
Wander song. And it's just like, it, I was like, oh, it looks really internazionale. cute. Internazionale. Internazionale. <laughs> it's like this, I just liked it because it was cute. Like the animation was sort of like simplistic. It almost looks like they're kind of like. Almost um, like a storybook design. Yeah, but the characters sort of look a little bit like Terrence and Philip, kind of. Oh, yeah. But cuter and nicer and their mouths aren't flappy. But anyway, Wonder Song, I just started playing. I was curious about it. Um, and the main character is a bard. You play as a bard. It's really, really funny because the very first thing that happens is like you can't, you don't really have any actions. Like you're, you you can basically just jump. You can't and you, punch or anything? Yeah, you can't do anything really when you start. You can just walk and jump. And then the first thing that happens is you find a sword and you try to pick up the sword this whole character is controlled basically with the analog sticks, but you pick up a sword and you try to swing it and you try to hit it and he just can't do it. Like he's not, he's just not violent. He's not, he doesn't know how to hold a sword. And so that's when you realize, okay, I don't have a weapon. This is not who I am. And what he can do, the same inputs, like I think it's mostly just, it's been a while since I played, but I think it's just a left analog stick. That's what you were using to try to swing the sword and you couldn't do it. But when you put the sword down and you use the left analog stick, you sing. So you realize that that is your mechanic in the game is just singing. And it's like a, it's kind of like a color wheel. As you go through the world, you'll like maybe hear a tune like notes and it'll teach you a like kind of, I think it's a bit like Ocarina of Time where like you learn a little pattern and then you just have to play those notes and then a bird will come down and lift you to a higher platform or something like that. It's like a fantasy adventure where the world is going to end and you meet like a witch and they're like, the way to save the world is to sing the overseer songs. And there's all like, there's seven overseers and you need to learn their song and learn the song of the earth. And um, that's how you will save the world by singing this earth song. And then it just turns into like a pretty it's not even that long. It was like maybe... I was going to say 10. 10 hours-ish. And your mechanic really is just singing. <laughs> like singing on this little color wheel. And as you learn a song, uh, you meet different people. And like you... So you go to different like worlds and or like different towns. And there's a bunch of things to do in that town. You go to a town and they're like, oh, we want to put on a concert, but I need to find a band. And then you go around, you meet people, and then you do things like you convince them to sing. Then at some point, you enter the spirit world so that you can talk to the overseer and learn their song. And it's just really cute. The story is great. It's so, so good. Every world is a little bit different. There's a part where you're on a boat, a pirate ship, sea shanties are you singing sea shanties <laughs> they do sing a, sh- a sea shanty there you learn a different mechanic like a different move every world like there's usually something different that you learn like every spirit world that you go into is it turns into kind of a platformer the variety in it is so good like you learn how to sing to activate platforms and stuff like that that could be one world and then if you go to a, the next level you're learning a very completely different move. Like it could be a rhythm game. And then that's how you get through to the end of that world. And all of these things sort of build on each other as the story develops. And then you kind of need to remember all of these things that you've learned to get through the whole story. And it's just a really beautiful story. Like I was playing when it ended, I was like, Oh my God, this is like the most important game to be playing right now. Because in the end, the like the moral of the story is like just all about unity and 
the world having like everyone in the world having to work together. And I was like, what is this game? Why am I playing it right now? Because it seems so important and relevant right now. Yeah. And you kind of want a, a pacifist game yeah. right now. And it just was all about feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was just about music and singing and working together. It was so beautiful. And, Internationale. And you know, they, they put this limit <laughs> lim- limitation on the game where it's like we're not gonna have this character fight other things right that mechanics at the window now what are some other ways that we could have gameplay without combat and they had so many that they were able to use a varied selection of different mechanics for problem solving every time they introduce something new or different that you could do in order to do the platforming or whatever it was that was required of you, I was always shocked. I was like, this is something different. It's something new. You are still just doing like maybe basic button inputs. Everything is with the left analog stick and kind of like a, a, a color wheel. Like a dial. A dial. Yeah. yeah. And it was it was really impressive. I highly recommend it. It's not a long game. And it was just, it's just really different. It's just an amazing little indie game. And it's different than anything I've ever played. And I loved it so much. But that's basically it for me. <laughs> How, like, have you been playing more stuff, Miles? Of course Actually, you have been. Yeah, I, I have a, a huge list here, but... The game I was playing just before we started recording this podcast is called Dragon's Crown Pro. Now, I've been saving this game because I knew it was a multiplayer game that was similar to Gauntlet. At least that's what I was told. So I wanted to wait until there was people available to play with. Once that happened, I I installed the game and I wanted to see how to get the multiplayer going. uh, And it wasn't there. So I looked it up and I found out you have to play the game for about seven hours before you unlock multiplayer. (laughs) What? So uh, I was like, wow, that sucks. That's so dumb. But I just kept playing anyway. And I was like, this game really grows on you. Right (laughs) off the bat, I was like, people are like, it's good. You got to try it. And I was like, I don't know. Some of the ladies on the cover looking a little questionable. I don't know what kind of game I'm getting myself into here. You thought you were playing a porno game. You were about to play a porno game. (laughs) The thing is, the artwork is, like, the ladies look like they were drawn by Robert Crumb. You know what I'm saying? Nope. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how do I put this? It looks like it's got the porno ladies. I would call it Picasso sexual. (laughs) Oh. Do you know how they have the, the jagged frames? They're just generally large-breasted women with scantily clad large-breasted women. But the backgrounds and everything else about the game, the artwork is so beautiful. It's like they took this beautiful Renaissance painting and they added anime to it. Yeah. Hentai. (laughs) Just sorry. Yeah. The gameplay is really good and uh, they have a really fun skill point system because it's like it's like a beat 'em up RPG. The skill point system works where you go to the Adventurers Guild and you buy cards and then you uh, can upgrade your cards. For me, I can pick the dwarf cards or the common cards. And they have things like every time you pick up gold, you gain health. Or here's this new move. Or here's a satchel where you can now pick up bombs and carry bombs with you. Another thing that makes it really cool is the narrator in the game. So the game is—it has this narrator that feels like a DM. Yeah, it really, really feels like... I started watching you play today and it was like, oh, he's just like a game master. 
Yeah. And he's describing everything as though, like, if I close my eyes, I would really just feel like a DM describing to you the situation you're in. And then it even offers you, like, options of what, like, what do you want to do next kind of thing, right? Yeah. Hmm. It's it's like a beat em up version in a weird way of Slay the Spire. Right. The beat em up part is the card playing part. But then everything else, like you're walking in this dungeon and you can go into a door and it'll be a text-based encounter. So it'll be like, you walk into this kitchen when you're raiding the orc's place and you see this chef who has poor eyesight and they're instead about to serve up a goblin instead of the feast. What do you do? You it gives know, you like, like a multiple choice option, right? Yeah, like a choose yeah. your own adventure. But the, the fighting is all beat them up. It's the good. fighting looks like um, Golden Axe. Yeah, it is very similar. It's like, if people know Vanillaware, it's a Vanillaware game, so it's that combat. But it's like Odin's Fear. That's the other one I've been playing. And it's very similar to that, almost identical. And the cherubs are even in both. These weird anime cherubs. It looks really good. It looks really good. So I think if you opened up multiplayer... Yeah. Like a however many hours you have to put in, I, I would join in for Does sure. Does the other person have to open up multiplayer? I think so. Whoa. Oh, Chris, we'll never get you to but play I seven hours. I think that hours. you might actually like this game. Is it on the Switch? Oh, well, if it's on the Switch, we can't play multiplayer. I'm playing it on PlayStation. Oh. Yeah, sorry. Guess it's out. Should have thought But it ahead. is on sale right now on PlayStation. But, you know, I've played a lot of games that I bounced off of, too. And oh. can I give you a Buckle a quick up, Chris. List? Let's go. Uh, uh, just, Let's go. Uh, okay. Dusk Diver on the Nintendo Switch, like an anime beat em up thing. Garbage. Didn't wasn't garbage. Journey to the Savage Planet. Nobody's played. This it. is an Xbox Game Pass game. First person exploration. You gotta identify plants. No time for that. Kaka. The Long Dark. The Long Dark Whoa. is a game. It's it's like a survival game. I was excited to just try something new. And as soon as it started, my food, my hydration, everything started depleting really quickly. Uh, I died from frostbite in a minute and a half and I uninstalled it. The Long Dark, <laughs> back to the dark with you Ooh. game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a cute game that I tried was Gato Robo, which is a game where you play a cat in <gasps> Gato a... Internationale. Internationale. That's Spanish for cat. Yeah, cute black and white game by Devolver Digital. It's an action platformer where you're a cat in a mech suit and you're shooting the place up and you can have like water suits and different suits for your cat. Gato Robo sounds like no, no. Gato Robo sounds like no, no. No, it was good. He liked it. It was fine. Oh, okay. Uh, so, so. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Another Game Pass game that dropped with Streets of Rage is called Hyper Dot, where you control a dot and you just have to survive. You can't get hit by anything. So it actually turns out like a bullet dodger game but it's just geometric shapes the music is phenomenal and while the game is very simple it's one that is really nice to have installed on whatever device you're playing with so that you know in between sessions or if you only have five minutes you can pick it up and play was it hard uh it started getting hard i was yeah. like level 30 something Whoa. and I started each level is like less than a minute still but uh level head another game uh, that came out recently It was kind of a fun puzzle platformer, but when I realized that it was more like a Mario Maker game where you had to create your own levels for people to play, 
I, I uninstalled it because it wasn't for me. And the final game that I uninstalled this month is Dead Island Definitive Edition. Internationale! <laughs> it was an internationale affair. You're playing on this remote island. You're surviving a zombie apocalypse. It's basically Far Cry, but with zombies. So, like, you know how you have the towers and the bases you have to clear out and stuff? It's all that stuff again, but with zombies. I wasn't really in the mood for it. And Last of Us comes out in three weeks, so I'm going to play that. Definitely save up your zombie-killing bloodlust for Last of Us 2. That seems like a good idea. Chris, have you been playing anything else? You know, I've been playing another game that's been really getting me through this time. And it's called Tabletop Simulator. Now, what on earth is Tabletop Simulator? Well, it basically simulates a table. And then you can put things on the table and move them around the table. Now, what's that really good for? It's really good for playing board games with other people online. Unlike some of these websites that have, you know, implementations of board games, this is really like the components of a board game on a table online and you have to move around, like you use your mouse, you move the component, you like draw the card, you take it into a hand. There are some implementations of this that are better. There are some implementations that are worse, but the good ones are good and the bad ones are okay. But what kind of games are on it? Wingspan is on it. What? You don't have to build these games from scratch though, right? Like, okay, these dots are going to represent this. No, someone will have modded and scripted a implementation of an actual board game that you can buy in the stores. So Wingspan is on there. Wingspan's on there. Wingspan is a game that I played at a cottage over the winter and then have played on Tabletop Simulator one night two weeks ago. And it was great. It was it was a lot of fun. It's got really fun pieces as like little eggs and yes. stuff. Are you play you play as a bird, right? Like you're You're a bird catcher. You're a bird catcher. I've played it once, just the um the sort of teach you how to play segment. All the pieces are modeled in the game, so it still looks the same. The cards are all the cards, so it's all the same Cards art. are beautiful. It's like Audubon Society bird paintings. Yes. They're so pretty. There's a very nice game, and the implementation, very good. You got to kind of learn how to use the program. It's not the most intuitive, but after about like 15 minutes of tooling around with things, you get it. Now... What else do they have on Tabletop Simulator? Once you buy Tabletop Simulator, it's like 20 bucks. On Steam? You can get it on Steam? On Steam. They have a free, full implementation of Gloomhaven, which is like a $110 board game. The whole thing is on there. Who on earth knows if anyone has approved it? But I think he might have approved it. The the main guy. I think he was like, yeah, fine. Go ahead. Because they're going to make their own video game, Gloomhaven, whatever. But for now... Yeah. On the official site is full-blown Gloomhaven that automates a lot of the fiddliness of Gloomhaven. Gets rid of the setup. Gets rid of the setup. Keeps the rooms secret, because that's another thing. Like, you, you have to set up the rooms, and if the rooms are secret, you don't know what's coming up next. And then also automates some of the more fiddly things. We played the other night, and it was good. It was very good. I can see that that he may have allowed it because isn't Frosthaven coming out? Yes. So maybe it's kind of like a promo. Yeah. 
get people into Gloomhaven, so they'll buy Frosthaven. Did someone back Frosthaven? I certainly did. I did certainly really? backed Frosthaven. Holy moly. I just, you know what? In case next year I want it right away, I now have it right away. Yeah, that's true because it was hard to get Gloomhaven. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be hard to get in the first few months of its release. Yeah. Most board games are hard to get in their first few months of release. Especially now with production being cut. Yeah. If it's got any hype and you don't get it the week it releases, then you're waiting six months for it. But is in general, is Frosthaven sort of like the same, you know, a hundred, like long form? Yeah. Same long form kind of game, role playing game. The, Gloomhaven's fantastic. I, I've spoken about it on the podcast before. It's a fantastic yeah. game. If you are inclined and you want to play board games with your friends online, I mean, that's already a really niche group of anyone that's listening to this podcast. But if you've ever been interested at all. I think there's more people interested now than ever before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people are getting into this stuff. You know what? And it's slow because they're online and they're board games. So you're not playing something frantic where someone's gotten really good at something and you're just like along for the ride with your friends. You know, like, here, come yeah. play Call of Duty with me. You suck. You just get headshot all night. No, it's like a board <laughs> game that you all kind of got to learn. That you have to, like, move the pieces together. Someone whose turn it's not can draw in the corner, you know? And then when yeah. the person whose turn it's done, they can be like, holy sh**, what have you done? There's also all kinds of social games on the platform. There's all kinds of other games. Lots of stuff on there. And the free mods are voluminous. Okay. But there are some pay, ex like, extra yeah. DLC sort of games you could play? Okay. Yeah, that wingspan I was talking about costs 10 bucks. Okay. But the live version of that game is also like 80 bucks or something, right? Isn't that an $80 like game? $50. 50 Oh, okay. Oh, that was It's a that. very yeah. worth it board game if you're going to buy 50 Like, if you're not... Here, here's another pitch. If you're at all interested, start with Wingspan. Wingspan's a fantastic place to start board games. Yeah. I really, beautiful. really liked it. So when you first learn when Wingspan, they literally just give you... Just so that you learn how the game works... You just pick a character or whatever, and they tell you exactly what to do for your first five moves or whatever. And that's just a way to teach you. And so that's all I ever played. Like, uh, we played like five rounds, but you do exactly whatever it says on the card. And then that teaches you how to play the game. I would totally want to play, like, just learn how to play and play that game. It's beautiful. It's so pretty. It's so nice. The pieces are amazing. Mm. It's got like little like bird seeds and stuff, like food and yeah. a little tree house and stuff. Oh, it's so good. And with the Gloomhaven stuff, if you've got like a regular group, you can save the game state so that when you come back, right back up. Ooh, that's good. That's useful. That right is back up good. to the game now, state. Now, what if one person can't come back? Can you fire it up again without them? Yeah, you can just take what's in their hand and put it on the table and just play it from the table. Everyone's got a hand that they can only see. But you can just move this stuff out. You can also in Gloomhaven not bring a certain character. You can drop down to two. You can go back up to three. You can go to four. Like it, it can go to lower player counts and higher player counts. It's first tile game. So Catherine, what yes. on earth have you been playing during the COVID times? I did play one other game. And I don't know if I talked about this last month. I don't think I did. It's just a li another little indie. It's a point and click game on Steam called Tiny Bang Story. So my friend Colette kind of tweeted that she played this game. And I saw it and I'm like, oh, it looks like pretty fun. I discovered that I already had it in my library. I just don't play st my Steam games that much. I don't play PC games very much. But I loaded it up onto my Mac, I think. 
Like, it's just a really cute point-and-click game, like Machinarium, if you've ever played, or like Samorost, or like that style. Really cute art. It's kind of like fantasy style. There's no talking. It's You're just like a little person. You go around. You are just trying to work your way through. The first thing you have to do is, like, clear the train track so that you can get your train to move off to the you know the next area and so you're it's like a tree house you have to go through all the levels and you have to find all the things you need to do um you'll like meet a person and a little thought bubble will come up with like images of things that they want and then you go around through the worlds and you click on things trying to put together all the things that that person wants and then you go to them and they'll give you a key or something like that so it's very very simple it's just puzzles clicking on things, collecting things, like usually be like, oh, you need to find 10 of these balls, right? And they're hidden all over. But and you're like, I got balls for days. I can find 10 balls, no problem. <laughs> you just click on things until you click on a ball. But they also, the other thing too, is that in every level, so like every level might have like four different areas you can go to, but in every stage, you can find these little hidden jigsaw puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. Those are just bonuses. I think you're, you need 25 per level. And then when you finish the level, then you put together the jigsaw and it's filling out this like tiny planet. Like it kind of looks like Earth, but it's just like a jigsaw of this little world. And you have to put it together. And then once you do that, then it unlocks the next level. Um, it's a quick game. It was probably just a few hours. But if you like point and clicks, it's well worth it. It's super fun. And it's it's very, very much like Machinarium, which I also enjoyed a lot. I'm trying to think if I've played anything else, but... I definitely remember one game that you played that we haven't talked about yet, but we'll get to that in a second. Oh. Because I gotta let y'all know, I beat Mario Odyssey. Oh yeah, have you heard of this game called Mario Odyssey? We gotta talk about Mario Odyssey. We gotta spend... We? we gotta really chew our time here on Mario it's Odyssey. It's very relevant, it's timely. Let's it's get to it. The hot topic! That... He's got a little hat. So Mario, he is an internationally ma- and a mystery. He is internationale supremo. <laughs> I've never played Mario 64. I never played Mario yeah. Sunshine. Yeah. I never played Mario Galaxy. Yeah. So this is like my first time yeah. with this Mario. Yeah. And it took me like 20 minutes to get used to the controls because I'm not a very good 3D platformer person. Uh-huh. But... Having said that, this is the most intuitive 3D platformer I've ever played. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's Nintendo and Mario, and they're not going to mess it up. Uh Uh-huh. New Donk City was amazing. Wasn't it amazing? I felt like I was Spider-Man. Uh-huh. Like, you're Mario, but it was like a Spider-Man game. And that song at the end? Yeah. Have you finished this game? Oh, yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. I really loved it. And I found myself looking for more moons than I needed just because it was so much fun trying to get them. Yeah. Which is something that's very unlike me. Like, I don't really like collect-a-thons. I hate collecting things. I'm like, give me the credits. Game's done. But this one was really special. I liked it a lot. You could tell he liked it because I would say, oh, you have enough moons to go on to the next level. And he wouldn't immediately go on to the next level. No. I was like, so. I just got to do this one thing real quick, though. <laughs> um, it is really good, though. I I kind of picked it up, actually. I think you probably saw that it was in there and then you started playing it because I, I never finished it. But um, I think you were playing something. So I just like, oh, I'll grab the Switch and see what's on there. And um you played it also as soon as we got it. Like, we got it at launch. So, you played it before I did. Yeah, I, I definitely played it, but then I, I didn't get very far. 
we don't play our Switch that much, but randomly I picked it up, tossed it in there. Like I played until I got to like a boss fight. I think I got halfway through. I got to the midway Bowser fight and then stopped there. And then I think you saw that the game was in the Switch and started playing it. You played it on the TV though, right? I did, yeah. Yeah, so. I played it partly because of the rumor that's been going around of uh, Mario All-Stars 2 for the Switch which would be Mario 64, Mario Galaxy, and Mario Sunshine all remastered in one game, mm-hmm. which sounds crazy to me. If that's real, Because that's each one awesome. of those could sell for $79.99 each. So I don't know if it's true or not. I think it would be absolutely amazing if that was Mario All-Stars 2. And they were all remade in the same way that Mario Odyssey looks. That's the dream. Wasn't it great? Wasn't Odyssey just a good time up and down? Up and down, left and right, all the ways. Like, did you go back to it afterwards and get all the silver cubes? Did you, like, start doing that a bit? How do you do silver cubes? We never figured out what those were. Did you go back after you met? No. No. Go back. Silver cubes. Okay, cool. All right. The moons that you get after, they're challenging moons. Like, you'll bounce off of it, but they're fun for a little while. I, I had a lot of fun with it. I'm uh, really curious about those giant cubes. You find one every time, every world, and I just want to know what the heck is inside them or what they do. Yep. So let's go yep. back. Yep. We'll report Great back game. to you next month. Great game. What have you been playing, Chris? You know, I've been playing a few games to get me through this COVID time. And <laughs> one that's really been helping me get through. Well, you know, one that I kind of bounced off of was Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I never played Xenoblade Chronicles 1. I got about five hours into a play session of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and it's there. I may play it again, but it's complicated and not in one of those understandable ways. I really like complicated things, and this is a bit much. This is a bit much for me. Even for you. Wow. It's Fire beware. Stay cool. away. <laughs> I wish my, the Nintendo Switch would let me get a refund because I would get a refund. Really? It's a complicated system. It like introduces itself in tutorials, but you really got to pay attention in the tutorials because then you're in the <laughs> middle of like fights and you're like, why am I in this zone with level 71s and I'm a level 8? I heard that is a problem with the game. Like, why am I here? Why am I dying constantly? Why can't the game just tell me where the f- to go? They don't gate off the higher level enemies. They're all in the same area anyway. And they're in the beginning zone. They can just come oh, and one-shot you. That's like playing PvP WoW. No, and I get it. Fine. It's they even wanna... worse because they can't come into your zone. But like, fine. They want to teach you not to go near these big monsters, but then you can't really tell when the monster is going to like show up in your area. And then like, fine. But then the battle system gets starts to ramp up not the difficulty but the complicatedness the complications yeah. go upwards very the complexity quickly. that's the word of the day internationale the complexity uh goes up and then you're like why am, am i doing this combo thing i know i have to do the combo thing but what does it actually do i'm sure it explains it somewhere but ugh, i don't know I was getting into the story a bit, like I was like digging the story, but the price to enter is high. Okay. 
Well, that's good because I've been curious, but yeah, me now too. I feel like we'll hard just pass. Yeah, we'll it was steer cool. Clear. Like it was like the system of how you like have like it's kind of like a persona. Like in the Persona series, mm-hmm. you've got like a blade that is your blade. The cutscenes are long, and I was like, "All right, I'll go along with this. I'm in for the cutscenes. Fine, they're like ten minute long cutscenes. Is a bit much. What is this Yakuza? Right? And then I go <laughs> into the world, and a thing one shots me, and I'm like, "No, no, no, no. Respect my time." Did you have to watch the ten minute video again? You can Some skip. games make you do that. No, so. no, it's cool about that, and all the story missions respect your time, and then you have to go out into the world again. And, like, go and fetch this thing. And you're like, where am I going? Why am I going there? What is this, like, weird world? No. Maybe, I bet, if you had the dedication to get into it, that it would probably be a fantastic game by the end. You'd be like, this is amazing. I'm getting everything I want out of an RPG here, but it is not going to be that for me. That's why I bounced off of Horizon Zero Dawn, actually, was when they started incorporating different levels of enemies in the same area. So I'd have this one quest that would bring me to an area and there'd be like one or two really high level enemies that I'm just supposed to avoid. Yeah. But they get my scent and they're on me. Because you stink. I'm okay with that (laughs) as long as it's very clear where the zones are. Fine, let me go into those zones, but I want to know where those zones are. Like, I want it to be clearly demarcated that I'm not supposed to be in this zone. Don't mix the level 1s with the level 70s. Yeah, that's the thing. thing. When a game does that, I I just can't take it. Yeah. No bueno. No bueno. I don't want the game to be artificially easy. Something like Skyrim, where, like, the game is always just kind of... uh, Because... It ramps up the difficulty as you get higher in level. Like it ramps up the monsters. So you, yeah, but you don't want that. No, I'm okay with there being level seventy things when I'm level one. I'm okay with that. I'm fi- that is for later in the game. That is a zone you're not supposed to go to. But don't put the level seventies with the level one stuff. Like the, don't just having it wander around, wasting my time when it one shots me as it just casually walks by one shot nobody wants that to be their first venture into the game their first impression of the world where they just go outside and they get killed immediately nobody wants that it's dumb show me the person who wants that it's dumb. in their game it's stupid what is what a stupid waste of time next game Catherine. what have you been playing during the covid times i think i covered everything i've no. played oh wait miles because reminded was... me that there was something we played because the switch was hooked up no it was a game pass game Oh. Where that was very similar to Overcooked. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. We played Moving Out. And it's so, so good. It's like, um, it is very much like Overcooked. Mm. The characters are like very similar, cute little moving people. But they're usually animals or like uh, weird things. Like there's my, a guy with guy... a flower pot head and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, my head was uh, a sunny side up egg. Huh. Uh, which is good for me because my head's usually scrambled. Hey, that's pretty good. All right. Um, but it is very much like Overcooked where like it's multiplayer. You're moving people and you're, you work for a moving company. Your boss sends you to a place and they're like, you see the house, the layout, and it lights up all of the items that you have to move into the truck. A lot of items are just like single persons. So you just run around, grab it. You can throw items, so you can throw them into the truck when you get close. But there are certain items that'll say, like, they'll have, like, an icon of two people, and those can only be moved with two people. 
So you have to like work together, grab the sides. It's frantic and fun. Sometimes it's like puzzly, like you can't get to a certain area unless you push a button that'll open a door. And then you realize, oh, I should put an item on the button so the door stays open. But then you can also break windows open and that makes a shortcut right so you can <laughs> that just, like, is the most fun part of the, the game the most fun is if you're like on the second floor and there's a big window and the truck is below that window so you can break the window and then just start throwing stuff from the second floor into the truck you can throw stuff and catch it there are certain items that are marked as fragile so you have to like be very careful with them you can you can't just throw them you have to throw and catch like the other person has to catch them because if they fall they'll break and they respawn they respawn in the spot and then there is an overarching story too that we won't spoil but it's really cute it's very cute um it's not as i find it it's not as stressful as overcooked because you're not so reliant on the other player to do their part your role is exactly the same just pick a box and move it sometimes we're gonna need to work together to do certain things but like overcooked you're just like i need this thing you didn't cut it and what why is this burning like there's a lot of like blaming other like not blaming but you're just like you're so reliant on everyone being on the same page we did go into full concentration mode a lot where we don't talk to each other but that's just because like we're focused and like we just want to get stuff done the other thing that made it fun was that we didn't stress about doing well every like we just wanted to pass every level we didn't need to like gold star so you can get gold silver bronze that's time based and then once you finish a level there's three hidden objectives you almost would never get all three objectives the first time through so it's intended if you want to 100% the game that you would have to play every level at least twice because you don't know what the objectives are. There was like one or two times we accidentally got all three of them and it'd be something like bring the sheep with you. Right. And you're like, Oh, well we just did that for fun. And it happened to be an objective. Take the sheep and throw them off the edge of the stage. Oh, you can pick up chickens and just launch them. There is a really fun level that is a farm where you are moving animals, but if you move them onto the truck and leave them, they start to like jump off the truck. So you also have these like bales of hay and you kind of have to set up the hay to create barriers so that when you put an animal in there, it doesn't run off the truck. But then there's also, they do a really funny visual gag, which is from The Simpsons, where there's rakes all over the ground. If you hit a rake, it makes you drop what you're carrying and it stuns you for a second. Just like that um, Cape Fear episode of The Simpsons. And it's funny because the first couple stages, there's just like one or two rakes in the yard. And that's how you find out about it. And then you get to the farm and there's just Just rakes rakes. everywhere. (laughs) So like, no matter where you go, it's like you're in this really weird labyrinth of rakes. And you're carrying this chicken through to get... (laughs) But yeah, I highly recommend it for anyone who's a fan of Overcooked. It's a great multiplayer game. There aren't a ton of really awesome multiplayer games. Up to four um, players. Yeah, I, I, I think I texted Chris as soon as we were playing. I'm like, you should look into yeah. this game because I know uh, Nina really likes Overcooked. So Once we get back into our house, we'll be getting it. There's nothing like throwing a couch out of a second story window. Oh, There's yeah. There's nothing like it. Mm. And like throwing two player items, that's the most coordination you're going to need in the game. Yeah. And like there are times where I, I took me a while to figure out the visual cues. And so like, 
poor Miles. We're like, okay, get ready to throw it. And then I would throw it backwards instead of forwards. I'm like, oops, sorry. You actually have to do things you do in actual moving. Like you have to go, okay, one, two, <laughs> three. Lift. <laughs> yeah. Lift. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's super, super fun. The levels are cute. There's a lot of a variety between the level designs. So like every moving job you get is a little bit different. It'll introduce different sort of like puzzly mechanics that you have to sort of figure out how stuff works, like lots of switches and things like that. And you kind of have to sort of figure out what does what. Like there are a lot of times where we just like look at it. We like, okay, we map out the right route because There's if you go the wrong way. With oil spills in the front yard and you can just track oil all up in that person's house. <laughs> and then it's the same like Overcooked where you unlock new movers. Yeah. One of the first ones you unlock is a unicorn. Everywhere you run it, like a little rainbow follows you. So I just played as the unicorn as soon as we unlocked it. If you're carrying something really heavy and you try to jump, you end up farting. Yeah, there's a little farting noise. It's very, oh, there's just lots of really cute little things. And it's not a long game. Like, we finished it in a couple hours, I think. I think it was about 10 hours. Was it that long? We It was so much fun, though. Like, Miles is not, like, overcooked as much as I do. So it was nice to have a game that he was on board playing. I can't get him to play overcooked with me, but so moving far, out. Would great. you say moving out is your game of the year? For me, it was, I think, yeah. I think so. I Wander Song is up there though. Like I love Wander Song so much. So I think that's all I've played really this year. I think my game of the year is going to be Last of Us 2, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Don't believe the hype. Uh, I'm ready to believe it. I'm excited. No, I'm excited about Last of Us as well. There's one last game, but it's not a very good one. What's the What's the last game? It's got a really unfortunate name. The name of the game is Digger Man. Dig dig digger 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 man. Diggerman. Yeah, Diggerman. 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 It's like a last name. Diggerman. Diggerman. Like Diggerman? Where, yeah, it's a Dig Dug Joey, style game. Joey Diggerman? I know him. <laughs> yeah, he works Joey at the Diggerman. grocery store. No, no. I think he works in the mines. He's a Diggerman. I've never liked the Diggermans. You know, this, the game I feel like is a little bit more like um, Mr. Driller. Oh, Mr. Driller, you're right. It's a little bit more like Mr. Driller where you're just like, you're just trying to dig down in the mines, but it's a little bit different because you can only move diagonally down. If we played it on the Switch. It was pretty fun. Like we got super into it. It's and a two button input, right? Like Exactly. Left and right. That's the whole game. And you just dig down as quickly. And uh, so like there'll be boulders. And so if you dig too far and a boulder falls on you, like we'll start rolling after you. So you kind of have to like zigzag to stop it from its downward motion. Or There's, don't dig directly underneath the boulder. You have to avoid like TNT webs. and webs. Um, and then there's also treasures. So you're trying to find treasures. You go, there's also coins. You try to pick up coins as you go, because then there's this sort of like, kind of like a collectible thing, every level. So, um, if you get enough treasures, like you're, you're kind of building, you're building your own like little, yeah, like an amusement park or something. Yeah. Right. So every minute and 20 seconds, kids will pay $16 to play basketball. <laughs> According just, to this game. It's just a way to generate money. So, like, you gain treasures to build an exhibit. As time passes, those exhibits garner you more money to unlock more characters and upgrades and stuff like that. It's like a cookie clicker thing yeah. where you where the game just starts doing the game for you. But yeah. the actual digging part, the Mr. Driller part, is so separate from all of that stuff. 
I never thought I would beat a game like Mr. Driller. Like, I just didn't think that that was in my wheelhouse that I could ever beat a game like that. So I felt pretty good about it. It is. It does give you a safe state so that once you hit a certain level, that becomes your new checkpoint. So like once you hit like 500 meters, you can start at 500, work from there. It gets challenging. But then once you hit your next checkpoint, and I think you're only trying to get to like 1200 meters or something like that. It's not long. And it was under a dollar on the Switch store. And the levels are random, randomly generated too. But it was fun. I liked it. It's a fun, cheap little quick game to play on the Switch. It's probably a good one to have just to play for like if you have a few minutes of time, you know. Yeah, like Hyper Dot. Gotta kill like 10 minutes or something. Take it to the can with you, Chris, if you want. Take it to the can. Or on your internationally flight when we're able to fly again. You are not taking right now. No. So that's it for all the games we've been playing during this Flock COVID Extravaganza Internationale. Internationale. I will say that this is the most I've played games in a long, long time. Is it? Same. Yeah. For me, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but now we got some odds and ends to cover. Odds and ends. Oh, that one is so pretty. That was very nice. And for our first odds and ends, Chris is on an episode of a podcast that we're not on. Yeah, and he didn't even tell us about it. I had to find out, like, from another source that Chris was on a Cartridge Club podcast. Tell us about it. The CC Prime podcast is the one I was on. (laughs) It's like a book club for games. What book game did you play? They played Ocarina of Time, and I spoke about Ocarina of Time with them. Did you play it? You didn't play it? You didn't play it again. Certainly not. You just spoke from memory. Of course. What, do I need to play a game that's seared into my brain? What do I... Do you know it that well that you can just talk about it? Yeah, I wouldn't have to, like, I would not have to relearn any of it. It's just one of those games. There was a good point made, and it was a point about it being really like a point-and-click kind of puzzle adventure. And I somewhat agree now that I've really thought about it in that way. But on the podcast, did you disagree and you were being really angry about no. it? No, 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 no. Oh, right. on, 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 on <laughs> did the you pod- do some fights? No, I don't. I don't fight with people. I'm not a fighting <laughs> did person. Did you stir the pot? I didn't stir any pots. I didn't stir any pots wow. at all. I feel like Chris was so much more manageable on that podcast than he's ever been on this one. That's right. <laughs> he's unruly. <laughs> I took that to heart and I was like, oh, yeah, it's it's like the way you can't go back and play Day of the Tentacle. In the same way, it's like Zelda. Like, you know what's basically happening. You know what the thing to do next is. Uh, especially that Zelda. Not like something like Breath of the Wild, but Ocarina of Time for sure. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that episode coming out. I think by the time this episode comes out, that one will probably be live. So check yep. it out, everyone. Check it, check, check Prime. it, yeah. I got a, one quick odd and end. Okay, I don't have any, so go for it. What's your odd and end? What is it? Tell us. I just want to say that PlayStation's getting roasted this month. Rusty! Because of their PlayStation Plus games, City Skylines, and Farming Simulator 19. What do y'all think? <laughs> ka. Ka. Just ka. Yeah. I still don't care. I don't play the PlayStation. I buy games for the PlayStation. Why would you want to play City Skyline without a mouse? Why would you ever want to play these mouse games without a mouse? 
It makes no sense. No sense. Yeah, so. You know, I put in Baldur's Gate. I didn't even mention it here. But I bounced off that thing so quick. I couldn't bounce off something faster. Just because I was like, I can't play this with a controller. This is ridiculous. It's a mouse game. Mouse games need to be played with, at the very least, a mouse. (laughs) Rats. I don't care about the PlayStation Plus games at all. Ever. I'm excited for Farming Simulator 19. Why can't they give you Trucking Simulator? Like the European... Agriculture Simulator? Forestry Simulator? What's happening? What What is the world now? Farming. You know what? That's the worst. That's the absolute worst thing that's happened all month. That they gave us <laughs> Farming Simulator for free. Yeah, how dare they? But I Give get it. Break. I get it because, like, some months you get something really good. And, like, Game Pass or Xbox had, like, Yakuza Zero or something, right? Uh, well, they just, they dropped them on Game Pass, but it's very different. It would be like oh. Games of Gold. Oh. Games of Gold actually got this weird 8-bit RPG where you play as players playing a desktop Oh, RPG. pen and paper, A right? pen and paper RPG. Sorry, that's what I meant. So, your characters are the players themselves, and they're all at the table, but behind the table is a fantasy setting, so their imagination's playing out. I'm curious about it. I want to try it out. Anyway, that's it. That's that it was for your odd our... and end? No, yeah, that and the PlayStation games. PlayStation. You got an odd and end? You just wanted to say that people are mad at PlayStation as an odd and end? I think it's just such a bad call. It's a bad call. What's the thing that you guys have been doing that you didn't do before this? We yeah. started eating meat. Mm, yeah. We're delicious. not vegetarian right now. You can't be. We were just like, if we're going to survive this, we'll just do whatever we want. Follow so we your bliss. we eating meat again. We weren't fully vegetarian. We were just like, now we just are not specifically trying to be vegetarian. Yeah. How about you? Since we've been at my mother-in-law's house for the last three and a half weeks, we've been doing puzzles together. So get like an hour of puzzling time in a day. It's fantastic. It's you turn off the screens, you puzzle. I've been painting this giant miniature that I bought because it was time for a miniature. It's a giant tank. It's unreasonably large. It has unreasonable amounts of guns. We're moving on with it. It's moving ahead. I'm going to finish it. That's the COVID thing. And then it's going to go up on the wall. It's going to be my COVID tank. Also been cooking a lot. Oh, that's great. Lots of cooking. We don't cook at all. So So there you go. That's that's. But that's not different. That's no different from before COVID. So honestly, my life has not changed that much. I am a natural oh. born hermit. I like to stay inside. My life just got better. I got to start working from home. Uh, <laughs> all my social events were canceled, so I didn't have to stress about them. Honestly, it's only been good news. <laughs> so it's bad. Been so upside that I feel awful about it, but it's weird. So that's it for this month, but let us know what games you've been playing while in isolation. Hashtag flock talk with your answers on Twitter. At Flock of Nerds, Catherine's at K underscore song, and Chris is at at Chris Gerardo. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye! Flock talk, flock talk, shalabalagoo! Ooh-shalalala, shalabalagoo. Stop. Internazionale!